What is up, New Spring Fuse? Hey, Anderson, I know you're making your way back to the seats, but can we just welcome all of our Fuse family across the state? Let's welcome Charleston, let's welcome Hilton Head, let's welcome Lake Wiley, let's welcome Powdersville, let's welcome Greenwood, Myrtle Beach. We're so, so glad you all could be with us tonight. If we haven't got the chance to meet yet, my name is Finn. It's lovely to meet you if I haven't met you already. Some of you I'm, I know very well. Uh, welcome. If you're first time at Fuse, so cool that you're here. We are a family uh, who are committed to following Jesus with our whole lives, learning about how we can graduate into a life that follows him. Uh, we don't just want to kind of just be a part of a church and just be a part of Fuse on a Wednesday night and not actually live our lives with God. Uh, because the life that God has for us and the life that God has for you and the life that God has for me is the life worth having. It's the only life worth having. And so uh, tonight we're going to be diving in again in our series. Last week, uh, my friend, my brother, Hiking Paul, talked about just a, a conversation around race, just some questions that there is about race and all of the things that God has to say about that. And then tonight, here, we are, here on night two of You Asked For It, the series we are in. By the way, uh, have you all seen the branding for You Asked For It? It's like that little like ask me anything thing on Instagram. If you've seen that, don't leave me hanging in the room, Anderson, nod at me. Right, okay, I did the first, I did my first one of those the other day where it's like me and my wife, we were driving to Tennessee to pick up some furniture. Tennessee. It's not close to where we are. We went to Tennessee to get some furniture. And on the way there, I thought this would be fun. We could do like an ask me anything little thing. So we put this little sticker on my Instagram. And then I, every, I'm, I'm a relatively secure person. I, I accept that I'm fairly ridiculous. And that's just kind of who I am. So that's okay. But I put this little sticker up and suddenly every insecurity I had about how many followers I had and how many people would actually, anyone ever done this? Like you put this ask me anything thing, Jillian has, thank you Jillian. You put this ask me anything thing up and then it's like no one's going to reply. People in fact think I'm lame. Maybe I should populate my own thing so it looks like people are asking me questions. Some of you laughed because some of you have done it. And it's like, uh, no, I'm not doing that. And then my wife said, has anyone replied? We're about an hour into our 60 hour drive to Tennessee. And I said, no, I don't think so. And she said, okay, well, and then she looked over because she was driving the truck because I'm an awful driver as well. So she's driving the truck with a trailer on our way to Tennessee to pick up this furniture. This is nothing to do with what we're talking about tonight, but it's a great story. So uh, she looks over and she's like, you're, you're using Instagram wrong. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> looked over my glasses like a dad. And she's like, if you swipe up on this question thing, and then suddenly 600 people had replied to me on Instagram and I thought, I'm cool. So that was great. Uh, so that really had nothing to do with what we're going to talk about tonight, but I just wanted to let you know that I also do the Instagrams. I'm a bit, I'm a <laughs> relevant, hashtag, hashtag relevance, hashtag relevance Lake Wiley, hashtag relevance Powdersville. Uh, my wife's big into, this is really turning into something it's not meant to be, my wife's big into reels at the moment, and that's fun too. Tonight we're going to talk about mental health, and this is a happy bridge because social media is really bad for your mental health, just so you know. Uh, but tonight we're going to be diving into what does God have to say and what does the Bible have to say and what does Jesus Christ the man have to say about our mental health. Uh, and because the most important thing that God asked us to do is to love us, uh, is to love him with all of our hearts and all of our strength and all of our minds, who we are mentally and how we process a journey of mental health and how we deal with mental illness deeply matters to God. 
My first point is this, if you're taking notes or if you're interested in any way, the first point is this. There's a difference between your mental health and mental illness. Mental health is this. We've all got mental health because we've all got minds, right? We're going to agree on that. We might disagree on some other things, but we're going to all agree on that. That there is a, a difference between simply having mental health, which every single one of us have, just like I have physical health and spiritual health and mental health. You have all of those things too. But some of us are experiencing mental illness, and that is when our mental health is impacted or influenced or even uh, severely affected by various different medical diseases. And the church has not done traditionally a very good job at all about talking about mental health. Because Christianity is a life of joy and a life of peace and a life of freedom. Because that's what Jesus Christ offers to every single one of us. When we find ourselves not experiencing that, we don't know what to do. Because we read the promises in this book, or we sing the songs like, uh, every battle you've won, right? We're singing that tonight all across the state that you're my champion and I can open my mouth and miracles start pouring out. And suddenly it's like, yeah, but I don't actually walk in freedom. So what, are, what am I singing about? How am I meant to access that? How am I meant to get there? And here's, we're going to jump into a story about a man in the Bible who had just gone through some very successful ministry. He'd just done, uh, he'd done a showdown between some prophets in the Old Testament who had uh, caused the people of Israel to step away from God. And he, he effectively said, okay, we're going to do, a, we're gonna do a, uh, an, an altar off. So like he built a pile of stones over here and they built a pile of stones over there. They, dug a, uh, they said, whose God is the real God? And Elijah said, God is the real God, Yahweh, the God of Israel. And these Old Testament prophets, they said, well, our God's the real God. These statues, these figures we worship. And Elijah said, okay, great. Which one can put fire on this altar? I'm not going to touch it. You're not going to touch it. Which one brings fire down? Some of you know this story. And Elijah prays and fire falls on the altar. All of these prophets, the people of Israel go, no, we're not going to follow idols anymore. We're not going to follow these statues. We're not going to follow these images. We're going to follow God. And so Elijah comes off what is one of the most powerful displays of God's power and God's presence in the Old Testament. And then we're going to jump into the story right now in 1 Kings 19. And we're going to read through together what Elijah, bear in mind, I need you to bear this in mind. This was not circumstantial. He was he was on the top of the mountain spiritually. And this is what happened. 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 1 to 9. We're going to read it together. It's going to be on the screen. If you haven't got it, I'm going to read it from my Bible. Ahab, who is the king at this time, told Jezebel. Jezebel's his wife. Side note about Jezebel. In the same way that no one's naming their kids Adolf Hitler or Stalin, no one's naming their daughter Jezebel. That's a clue that she's a baddie. Carry on. Ahab told Jezebel <laughs> all that Elijah had done. There's not a Jezebel in the room, is there? No, few. Okay. That would have been awkward, wouldn't it? If, you've, if you're called Jezebel, God bless you. We're glad you're here. Tell your fuse pastor the problems you have with me. Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he'd killed her prophets with the sword. Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so may the gods do to you. And more also, if I don't make your life like the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. Effectively, Elijah, I'm coming to kill you. Then he was afraid. Then Elijah was afraid, and he ran for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. So Elijah gets threatened. He's just defeated hundreds of false prophets, and he gets threatened, and he gets afraid, and he runs for his life, and he immediately isolates himself. He pulls away. He says, servant, you stay here. I'm going further on. But he went by himself a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. 
And he asked that he might die, saying, it's enough, God. Take away my life, for I am no better than my father's. And he lay down and slept under a broom tree. And behold, an angel touched him and said to him, arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a, by his head a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. And he ate and he drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came a second time and touched him and said, arise, eat. This journey is too great for you. And he arose and ate and drank and went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb, the mount of God. There's a story here about a man who finds himself not in a position of success and influence, but finds himself wanting to die. Finds himself so despairing of his life so overwhelmed, so in pain, that he curls up under a tree and says, God, would you kill me? But God doesn't kill him. And so point number one is this, God is not intimidated by our pain. God is not intimidated by your pain. Listen, all of us have mental health, we've talked about them before, but I want to just address people who have feel like they have or know that they have or are experiencing questions around, do I have a mental illness? Some of you might have been diagnosed with anxiety. Some of you might have been diagnosed with, uh, with depression. Some of you might have been diagnosed with bipolar. Some of you may have experienced family members that have those things or some of you may know friends that have those things. Some of you may be experiencing suicidal thoughts. Listen to me very, very closely, New Spring Fuse. God is not intimidated by pain. He is not intimidated by your diagnosis. He's not intimidated by your brokenness. He's not intimidated by your fear. God is not intimidated by it. God was not intimidated by it for Elijah, and he's not intimidated by it for you. God, in fact, point number two, will meet us in our pain. This is the gospel, that Jesus Christ didn't look at humanity and say, man, you're too broken. You're too evil, you're too wicked, you're too struggling. God didn't look at humanity and did that. He said, I'm coming in the person of Jesus and I will give you the person of the Holy Spirit to live with you. I will walk into humanity's mess. That is the gospel. And so tonight I have nine minutes left. I killed five minutes on a story about something with Tennessee. Listen to me, New Spring Fuse. God is not intimidated by your pain and God will walk into the midst of it. He did it with Elijah. Elijah, this man who was just like us, who had the same experience as us. Some of us have had amazing mountaintop experiences where we feel like God's come through for us, where we really feel the chills come up on our hands during worship, where we feel like we're excited about what God's doing in our lives. And then immediately, it's like we walk in, walk out of an auditorium, walk out of our Fuse Group Leaders house, walk out of the situation where we feel like God's there, and suddenly it's like, put me under a tree, I want to die. Listen, this, this hits me hard because at 19 years old, I went through a breakup that left me so crippled with depression that I attempted to kill myself. I, I ushered, I was volunteering on the door of the church that I went to. I left early, went home, recorded some videos, took a bunch of pills, downed a bottle of wine and tried to die. And I've been under the broom tree with Elijah and God was not done with me, and God is not done with you. And so if you're in despair tonight, I don't come with clever points or funny stories about my dog. I come in the power of the Holy Spirit to tell you that God is not intimidated by your pain, that God is walking towards you even right now through the fuse group he's put you in, through the fuse pastor he's given you, through the parents that are in your life, through the friends and the community that you have. God is saying tonight, I'm not scared by your pain. I'm gonna free you from it. 
I'm gonna help you in it. God provides two things to Elijah. Number one, he says, Elijah, you need a nap. You need to lie down and you need to sleep. God has given us means of grace to help us get well mentally. And so if you need to step into a season of medication, if you need to see a professional counselor, you need to regularly meet with your fuse pastor, you need to do something for your mental health that's going to help you. Listen to me. It's, this is your, it's not your fault if you're experiencing mental illness, but you can discipline yourself about what you feed yourself and what you feed yourself will form yourself. So listen to me right now. I am the king of putting on the sad boy music and feeling sadder, but that's not good for me. It's just not. I have a choice about how I feed myself, and God has given us practical, physical ways that we can help our mental health. Every single one of us, whether you're experiencing depression or not, whether you're experiencing anxiety or not, whether you're experiencing uh, suicidal thoughts or not, listen to me, you can do something about that. It may be as simple as I need to go to bed and not just sit on Instagram and scroll through TikToks of people being sad. Instagrams aren't on TikTok, but it's like, you get the point. God said to Elijah in his moment of greatest pain, sleep, the journey's too great for you. And then he gave him some bread and some water. And sometimes I just get hangry. Sometimes you just get hangry. That's okay. But God has put physical, practical, real-life ways that we can help ourselves in this journey towards mental health and wholeness and flourishing. And then God also does things spiritually because it's an angel that comes to him and provides those things. It's the voice of the Lord that comes to Elijah. Like I read in verse 8, he arose and he went to where? The mountain of God. He didn't stay detached from the people of God. He didn't stay detached from the family of God. He didn't stay detached from the things of God. He didn't say, okay, well, Jesus can't deal with how I'm feeling right now. I'm too depressed. I'm too anxious. I'm going to have to go over here and stay away, get myself back together, and then come back to God. He didn't do that. He took the physical things that God had put in his life, a meal and some sleep. And for us, it might be counseling. For us, it might be meeting with a pastor. For us, it might be medication. All, for us, it might be better sleep and better diet. But there are all sorts of things that we can do to feed and form ourselves mentally. But also, it's the power of God. It's the presence and person of the man, Jesus Christ, who is not afraid of our sin, not afraid of our sickness, not afraid of our weakness. He's the one. Come on, Anderson, help me preach tonight. He's the one who can help us. He is the one who's not afraid of our pain, not afraid of our brokenness, who steps into our mess. God will meet you. Every student under the sound of my voice, God will meet you in your pain. It may not feel like it. it may not, you may not sense it. You may be so numb to it. But tonight, I pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you would experience an encounter with God. Preaching's not gonna do it. Lights aren't gonna do it. Goosebumps when they sing the particular song isn't gonna do it. It's the person of Jesus Christ who will do it and he will do it tonight. Number three, my final point is this. Jesus is currently tonight and will ultimately make all things new. As long as I've known her, my wife has struggled with severe anxiety and depression. We've done medication. 
We've done therapy. We've done prayer and fasting. We do all three. And I ask God, God, I believe your promises. I believe your word. God, I'm going to get up tonight and tell New Spring Views that Jesus is there in the midst of their pain. And he is. But the promise for us, for every single Christian is this. Jesus Christ, tonight, tomorrow, and then ultimately is in the business of making everything new again. Read with me. Revelation 21, verses 1 to 6. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven, the first earth passed away. There was no longer any sea. This is talking about the final end time, the end of the world. I saw a holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is among the people. He will dwell with them. They will be His people. God Himself will be with them. And will be their God. And here's the promise the Sheridan Demuzio family live on. Here's the promise for every single person in this room. Here's the promise for every single few student. Here's the promise for every single Christian. He will wipe every tear from their eyes there will be no more death there will be no more anxiety there will be no more depression there will be no more bipolar there will be no more no more mourning no more crying no more pain for the old order of things has passed away He who is seated on the throne, Jesus Christ, says, I make everything new. I make everything new. And he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said, it is done. I am the Alpha and Omega, beginning and end to the thirsty. I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Listen to me, if you are experiencing anxiety, if you are experiencing depression, And you have begged God, God, take this away. God, I don't want to live like this. God, I don't know why it's affecting my friend like this. God, I don't know why my mind does the things it does. Listen to me. If you're a Christian, that is our promised hope. That there is one sat on the throne who is making everything new. Everything. The brokenness in our minds. The sin in our world, the pain on the inside, he's the only one promising that. He's the only one who's promising that, New Spring Fuse. It's Jesus. Jesus, the one who went down to death and took the keys and said, so because I'm the victor, because he's our champion, there will be no more death. There will be no more mourning there will be no more pain. Would you stand with me across every single fuse location right now? We're going to respond. I'm going to pray and I'm going to hand over to fuse pastors and people across the state. We're going to respond together in Anderson. We're going to stay in this posture of worship. God's got some things he wants to do tonight. Let's just pray together right now. Father, every single student and every single volunteer and every single person watching online, I thank you 
you're not intimidated by their pain. You were going to give provision spiritually and physically for it. And Jesus, our hope is that today, tomorrow, and ultimately, you make everything new. So we worship you, God. Help us right now, Holy Spirit, to see Jesus in the midst of all the things we're going through. In Christ's name, amen.